0: Uh, Welcome to an MLB prediction episode of the Evan Roberts podcast now every single year because I'm a geek I will write down all of my predictions and for the most part it just kind of disappears into the sky like I'll write it down I'll mention it for five minutes on a Saturday show if I try to bring it up during the week Joe won't care so this is why the podcast was invented. So, I could go on and on about my predictions, and I could bring in a special guest who can go on and on about their predictions. And if you don't care, shut the stupid podcast off. It's as simple as that. So, I brought in one of the best, ladies and gentlemen, John Jastrzemski. JJ, I'm honored that you are joining me on this prediction podcast.
1: Well, Evan, I'm happy to be on. And this is just ideal for me after a great day sitting on the couch and watching a tournament. Now this is like the perfect warm-up to get ready to do a radio show in a couple hours. And I'm fired up, man, because it's a great week. You got all the NCAA tournament stuff. And on Thursday, my friend, it counts for real. Yankees, Mets, enough of these games in Florida and Arizona. Games that matter. Let's go. And it's
0: funny. When we were doing uh, those shows together a couple weeks ago, we were filling in for Mike. I love spring training. You freaking hate it. I hate it. But I told you, I said... After about a week or two, I'm with you. I'm sick of it. And I've been there now for what feels like forever. I can't stand looking at the box scores. I can't stand even putting the games on. Just give me the real freaking stuff, and we are almost there to the real stuff.
1: No, you ain't kidding. And, you know, you think about where we were in mid-February and where we are right now. You think about the Yankees, who, yes, are loaded. They're very deep. They're set up, I think, to have a big season. But think about the way this spring training has gone from a Yankee perspective. Evan, they've had a lot of blows here on the injury front. I mean, from Severino to Sabathia with his knee to Aaron Hicks, who signs the contract and he's going to miss the opening series. Uh, Batansis on a deal. not a good spring training from a Yankee perspective. No, I know.
0: And that's why I had to think even longer and harder because this entire offseason, based on the Red Sox inactivity as far as addressing their bullpen and really inactivity as a whole, but specifically the bullpen and moves the Yankees have made that I've mostly liked, some of which I've been, eh, I would have done it differently. I would have put more of a premium on adding a left-handed bat, a guy like Daniel Murphy. But I thought the Yankees had so much better of an offseason than the Red Sox that this entire winter, I thought the Yankees were going to win the division, but I had to give it a lot of thought based on how bad this spring has gone with the health. But, JJ, here's what I decided to do. Now, I get that when you listen to a podcast, like anybody listening right now, they could just fast forward. I get that they have that ability, but I don't care. I'm going to make them do work. We are going to start away from the NL East, away from the AL East. I
1: like it. I like it, Evan. I'm fired up about this. This is a good way to do it.
0: I, I think this is the, the right way to do it because if people – Want to work hard to just skip everything we say about the NL West and the NL Central? God bless you. Go go search the podcast, you morons. But maybe you'll wait and you'll be patient and you'll listen to us. So let's kick things off <clears throat> with the National League West. And I'll tell you this: I, I did everything I could in my research, in my studying to find an excuse for not picking the LA Dodgers. I tried. And I tried to talk myself into the Rockies. I was very high on the Rockies last year. I love Herman Marquez. He closed the season incredibly strong. Their offense will score a ton of runs. But every time I thought about it, I came back to the same conclusion. The freaking Dodgers are going to win the West. So I start there, JJ. I have the LA Dodgers winning The National League West.
1: Well, I can't fight you on that because it seems like it's an annual tradition year after year. And if anything, Evan, you go back to last year, the Dodgers get off to that terrible start. And I'm thinking, all right, after all these years of winning the division, after going to game seven of the World Series, maybe this will be the year they take a little bit of a step back. But if you think about it, nobody in that division wanted to take it. The Diamondbacks got off to the hard start. Then they faded. The Rockies, it just took them way too long to get going. And don't get me wrong, Evan. I still like the Colorado Rockies. I think the Rockies have a nice core. I think the Rockies, with the emergence of Kyle Freeland, have some much-needed starting pitching that it feels like they have never had in the history of that franchise. I still can't pick against the Dodgers, though. Until you see somebody in this division find a way to win a division, yeah, even if the Dodgers, let's say, get off to a slow start, I'm not going to bet against them.
0: You know what? And You're right about the Rockies. It's so weird to think that they have good starting pitching, and they do. In fact... That could be the downfall of the L.A. Dodgers. Clayton Kershaw is going to be a health issue. And I don't think the rest of the rotation outside of Walker Bueller is all that good. And we're already hearing there's going to be an innings restriction on Bueller. But here's my concern with the Rockies that I don't have with the Dodgers. I think both teams will score runs. The Rockies will obviously score runs. I like the top of the rotation. Freeland, I mentioned Marquez. I hate... The Rocky bullpen. I hate everything about it. I think Wade Davis is on the wrong side of his career. I think Scott Oberg and Jake McGee and Mike Dunn and Brian Shaw. That is a cavalcade of bad relievers. And in this day and age, we all know this. Bullpens matter. So as I tried to talk myself into Colorado, their bullpen, I know you could say this about a lot of teams, and bullpens are very up and down, very up and down. But I see a lot of down with that Rocky bullpen. And they kind of had a little bit of magic last year. A little bit. I mean, especially with winning the one-game playoff in Chicago. But I just, I don't know. I don't see enough. And the rest of the division sucks. I mean, the Padres will be better. The Giants are going to stink. The Diamondbacks obviously are blowing it up when they decided to trade Paul Goldschmidt. So I want it to be the Rockies, but their bullpen is just so awful in my mind.
1: I get that. I think Davis will be better. I agree with the rest of the relievers. You think about the amount of money they spent last year or two years ago, the last couple of years, in trying to put together a bullpen. They signed Davis to that big deal, taking him away from the Chicago Cubs. Your one couldn't have been worse. I still think there's some gas left in the tank for Davis. Rest of the relievers stink. And Evan, the way I'd look at the Rockies, I'm not going to pick them to win the division. But I'm seeing their season total, which I'm sure we'll get to at some point. It's mm-hmm. an 84-and-a-half. Yes. And I think the Rockies are going over that number. I do. I think they have too much offense. I think the starting pitching is better. And you mentioned the rest of the division. I think at some point in time, you could see the Giants trade bump going there. The Padres, even though they're better, I don't think they're a plus-500 team. Arizona, bad baseball team. So I see that value in a number. Rockies, 84-and-a-half. They won't beat out the Dodgers, but don't be surprised if they're finding themselves back into that one-game playoff maybe for the third straight year.
0: I have them right, like, slightly above that number. So I'd agree with you on taking the over. I got them at about 86 wins, which puts them right in that wild card race. And I think the Padres are a 500 team. They're a lineup, and it's weird to ever say this about the Padres, and I know their ballpark will lead you right away to think, well, they're just not going to score a lot of runs. We saw what happened to Eric Hosmer last year. I think the Padres' offense, if you look at their lineup, it's actually not that bad. No, it's I mean, pretty good. It's pretty good. The problem is they don't have a lot of established pitching. They've got young pitching that Joey uh, Lucchesi was sort of impressive at times last year. They really need to get another arm. But because of the bottom of that division, because of Arizona and San Francisco, I think the Padres win 83 games, and I think the Giants and Diamondbacks are long gone, and they both have starting pitchers. That are appealing. Led by Bumgarner and to a lesser degree because of the contract, Zach Granke and even Robbie Ray, if they ever decide to trade him. But both of those teams will lose close to 90 games. And I think that's where the Padres will get enough wins to
1: win 83 games. I think that's totally fair. And you think about a trade market for starting pitchers. Those three guys all could be had. Granky, obviously, the toughest to move with that deal. But I think we're going to hear a lot about Bumgarner. I think we're going to hear a lot about Robbie Ray, especially around here if the Yankees are in the market for a starter. Oh, no doubt. So in the National League Central,
0: I because I wanted, when I'm making these predictions, to find something that's out of the norm. Obviously, we both think the Dodgers are going to win. And I don't think that we should just, simply look for something that isn't there. But I think the Reds are going to be good. Like, I've said that since they started making those deals, especially with the Dodgers, when they brought in Yasiel Puig, when they brought in Matt Kemp, even when they brought in the guy you love to hate, Sonny Gray. Like, the Reds are going to be better. And so I figured, you know what, F it. I'm going all the way with it. The Reds are going to win the National League Central. And I believe it because I think their lineup is loaded. I mean, legitimately, we all know Joey Votto is good. We know that Matt Kemp, I think Matt Kemp, still has something left. I think Puig has a big year and a contract year. But then they have so many underrated guys that have just not gotten attention the last few years. Like Suarez. Oh, led by Suarez. Eugenio Suarez is so underrated. Uh, Jose Iglesias defensively at second base. Peraza has been underrated. Tucker Barnhart's not going to put up big numbers, but he's an underrated catcher. They've got a solid bullpen with Iglesias and Amir Garrett and even David Hernandez. The pitching's the big question. The rotation is the question. Can Sonny Gray be decent? Can Tanner Roark be decent? You know what? Screw it. I'm betting that they are. So forget the Cardinals. Forget the Cubs. Forget the Brewers. The Reds win 90 games and win the NL Central.
1: It's a bold take. I think they're better. Um, I think they could be north of the 500 mark. Here's the problem I have with that team, though, Evan. The pitching department, to me, still leaves a lot to be desired. And that's just a very tough division to win. I mean, you think about the teams that are there. The Cubs, even though I don't think they are what they were when they won a championship, still have a lot of those same pieces. You have the Cardinals, who in very Cardinal-like fashion, Go get one of the better players in baseball, lock him up, and you mark my words, Evan. Goldschmidt is going to be a conquering hero in that town. No pressure. He's the face of the franchise now. He takes that torch from Carpenter at some point in time, and I think he's going to be a welcome addition to that team. You still have the Brewers, who flat out rake. Now, I know they had the issue with Knable, and that's going to hurt him in that bullpen, but I'm still pretty high on the Brewers going into the year. That's my problem with the Reds. They are better, they are far more competitive. I, for one though, just can't be that willing to say now all of a sudden the Cincinnati Reds are going to beat out the Cubs, the Cardinals, and the Brewers to win a division title. I can't do that. You know why? And here's a part of why I'm
0: willing to do it. I'm willing to go out on a limb because I don't think the, I'll start with the Cardinals. I'll attack them first. All right. I'm going to be like a political lad. I'm going to attack my enemies now. I don't think the Cardinals are that good. All right. The Goldschmidt trade was fantastic. All right. The rest of that lineup. Dexter Fowler is not that good. Harrison Bader is okay. I don't know if Paul DeYoung has another big year. Colton Wong has been a big prospect for a million years. I love Matt Carpenter. I have an emotional relationship with Matt Carpenter. It's a little odd. It's a little odd. <laughs> I know you love him, but it's a,
1: it's a bit, I know you do. It's amazing how fantasy does that, but he's a it stud. Does? He's a stud.
0: And I don't think their starting pitching's that good. I mean, Miles Nicholas was this great story last year. How, how do I know he's doing it again? You know, Jack Flaherty, Michael Walker, Adam Wainwright stinks. I don't want to hear about him. Carlos Martinez is already hurt. And Jordan Hicks, who is their new closer. And by the way, the Andrew Miller move, fine move, except he's had a tough time staying healthy, and he's in his mid-30s. But Jordan Hicks, I watched him last year. Guy can't throw a strike. Great. He throws 102 miles an hour. That's fantastic. He walks everybody. So I think the Cardinals have a lot of flaws, and I think that a part of why we ignore them, and I understand why, they're the Cardinals, right? They're the Cardinals. They will find a way to win 90 games. I'm just not buying it. And the same thing with the Cubs. The Cub rotation is old. John Lester is on the decline. Cole Hamels is on the decline. Don't get me started about you, Darvish. I don't want to hear about you,
1: Darvish. Yeah, wake me up when Darvish is back, dominating. I'm with you there. I'm with you there. But these teams, though, the Cubs and the Cardinals have the resources, if they need to, to get that guy or two at the deadline. Think about the Cubs last year. and I know they melted, yep. lost the division title, lost to the Brewers, then lost to the Colorado Rockies, but the Cubs went out and added Cole Hamels at the trade deadline. Yep. They're the sort of team that can do that again, and if things go wrong for Chicago, they have so much versatility within that lineup. I agree with you that pitching is old, but Lester's still pretty good. Cole Hamels is still pretty good. You have Kyle Hendricks there, who I'm a believer in, I think the question with the Cubs is that bullpen, Evan, yeah. which was a mess down the stretch of the year. And that is why I'm going to
0: attack the Brewers. So the Milwaukee Brewers last year had a great year. They did it because Christian Yelich had an MVP year. Lorenzo Cain had an MVP caliber year. Jesus Aguilar became a star. So certainly they scored a lot of runs. Their bullpen was ridiculous. You know, Hader was insane. Jeremy Jeffress was at times as good as Hader. I have a tough time believing that bullpen is going to be nearly as good as it was a year ago. Led by Hayter. Led by Hayter. They used him in a very aggressive way, and I liked it. He would come in and get six, seven outs. Jeffress has already hurt. Matt Albers, I've never thought is that good. I thought it was good that they added arms like Claudio, the former lefty of Texas. But right off the top, the strength of the Brewers, outside of Yelich and Kane, obviously, was their bullpen. I don't believe it's going to be that good again. And their rotation was hidden last year. We didn't have to realize how bad the Brewer bullpen was, especially in the postseason when they were riding the bullpen. I mean, they would ask Jolice Chassino as their ace to basically go get nine or ten outs and then ride the pen. I don't think they're going to be able to do that again. So they'll score a lot of runs, and I'm not saying they're going to lose 90 games or anything like that, but I definitely see the Brewers being closer to 80 than 90 when it comes to wins.
1: And you're buying some regression, and you look at the season totals. I usually do this as a guide to try to get a for what Vegas and what the Sharps are thinking about yep. some of these teams. Cardinals at 88 and a half, which I think we're both going to agree is a little overvalued. I think the Cardinals are overvalued at 88 and a half. The Brewers I'm seeing at 86 and a half, which I think is a fair total. Think about the Cubs from a year ago, though, Evan. Last year, they were probably right around 94, 95 wins. I'm seeing the Cubbies here at 87 and mm-hmm. a half wins. I like that as an over. I think the Cubs, because of the bankroll. And because of the fact that I think they're kind of a team realizing, you know, we got to kind of capitalize on this window. We won our championship. We ended this hideous drought. But we were supposed to have, you know, elongated success. Nobody looked at that Cub championship two years ago when they ended that curse and beat the Indians in that classic Game Seven and said this going to be a one-year thing. Did you think that? I didn't think this going to be a one-year thing with the Cubbies.
0: No, no, I agree with you. And by the way, Vegas hates the Reds because they've got their over/under. I saw it at seventy-eight and a half.
1: Seventy-eight and a half. But (laughs) you're seeing a lot of juice though on the over, which tells you that they got a lot of players and a lot of action. On the over, I'll take the Cubs to win the division. Because I just think pound for pound, sure. they're the most well-rounded team in the division. And I know it's not the sexy pick. And I understand they finished terribly. But I think that finish to the year is going to leave kind of a sour taste in their mouth. And I think even with the rumors surrounding Joe Madden, maybe this is going to be the end. Maybe Joe Girardi is there next year, which is possible. I'm going to say the Cubs, round in a shape. I'm going to say big year out of Bryant, bounce back year out of Bryant. Cubs win a division in the low nineties.
0: So, how many? Uh, obviously, you think the Reds will be better. You don't think they're going to win the division, which is fine. How many wins would you give them then, Cincinnati?
1: Right around five hundred. I would right. say anywhere from eighty to
0: eighty-three wins. Is that fair? If I told you, yeah, it's fa- I mean, look, I know that the Reds are not a pick people are going to have to win this division. You're
1: going against the grant. I like it. I I respect
0: it. I want to have something out of the box as opposed to just because at times in baseball, the same teams make the playoffs every year, specifically in the American league. So sometimes you're thirsty for something different, but I I genuinely believe in it. And I believe in it mostly because I see so many flaws with Chicago, with St. Louis, with Milwaukee, Pittsburgh. I think we're all just assuming they're a last place team. I'd say this about Pittsburgh. They will finish in last place. I think they're not as bad. No, as they're the, not that bad. Because that top of the rotation with Tyone and Chris Archer, I see, I expect a big bounce back year from Chris Archer. National League, full year in the NL, full year in the NL Central. So I think they've got a pretty formidable one-two punch. But I just think in this division, to me, they're they're the fifth place team, probably in the, the high 70s, I'd say.
1: Well, I'm sure we're going to get to this when we talk about American League to National League. It's a lot easier, even in the National League to make a case for a bunch of different teams to make the playoffs. You really yes. can do that. In the American League, it's going to be really, really tough to do because you're basically staring three pile of house teams right in the face in the Red Sox, the Yankees, and the Astros.
0: And let's go right there. Let's go down to the American League West. That's right. We're leaving the NL East and the AL East for last because that's the main event. If you will, um, I, there's nothing I can do to convince myself that the Houston Astros are not going to win the AL West. They are, despite losses this offseason, let's not forget that. Dallas Keichel, as of this recording, has still not come back. They lost Charlie Morton, who they morphed into a superstar when they brought him over. I wonder how they did that. They lost Marwin Gonzalez. They've lost pieces, but to me, they are so much better than anybody else in this division. This is still a loaded roster. Verlander, until proven otherwise, is still an elite starter. I think Garrett Cole is actually going to have a better year this year than he had last year. And I was late in believing in Garrett Cole. And I just have a tough time believing the Oakland A's are nearly as good as they were a year ago. I think the Angels will be their typical mediocre self. So it's tough to find anybody that can really challenge the Astros. I think they're going to finish with the best record in baseball. They are going to be the one team this year to win 100 games. They will be one team to win 100 games in baseball. And in my mind, it's the Houston Astros.
1: Well, I can't fight you on the 100 wins part. And I totally agree. They're going to win the division. Um... The question I have with that division, it's not the Astros, because even if things go wrong, I mean, think about what happened last year. Altuve missed a little time, Correa missed a little time, and they don't miss a beat because what? last year, you know who the best player on that team was? You know and I know it is Alex Bregman. Yep. He got well-deserved contract extension. He's a bona fide stud. He has put himself into that convo. When you talk about top players in the game, hard to think of that list and not mention Bregman because the guy could do it all defensively, offensively. Stack geeks love him. Baseball fans who are hardcore, old school of them. What's not to like? He's got a little swagger to him, too, which I absolutely love. You don't like it when you're playing against them. You love it when you watch it, though, and I respect it. The question I have, though, Evan, Seattle, we know, is taking a major step back. They goodbye about a lot of different people. The Texas Rangers are a team that doesn't have a whole lot cooking for them. The Angels, I agree with you. I think they're right around 500. Maybe it's north of 500. Maybe it's south of 500. But how much regression are we looking at from the Oakland A's? The Oakland A's had a feel-good year. They made it all the way to the postseason. They won 90-plus games and even pushed the Yankees for trying to get that home field advantage in the wild card game. I think the A's are going to regress though. I I just get the sense with that starting rotation, which I do not believe in, for so many different answers that they had in unexpected places, losing a guy like Lowry, who was so big for them, I don't see the Oakland A's winning 95 plus games again. I'd be very surprised. I'd be stunned. I have them at 81 and 81. And honestly, I think I'm being nice. I just,
0: and I thought this throughout last year and I give them a lot of credit because they did win a ton of games. Every time I'd watch them, I'd say, how, how are they winning so often? And they had a lot of guys in their bullpen have great years. Blake Trinan went from a mediocre reliever in the National League to maybe the best closer in the entire sport last year. Lou Trevino had a dominant year. Uh, I, I just don't think, and it's kind of similar to Milwaukee, I don't believe in bullpens where you have a lot of guys that sort of come out of nowhere expect that again. I hate their rotation. You, you nailed it. I think they'll score a lot of runs, sure. I mean, Matt Chapman's a hell of a player. pro Profar may actually be developing into the player everybody thought he was when he was a top prospect. Chris Davis continues to be very underrated, guy led 40 home runs every year. But the starting pitching, the bullpen, it's just very, very mediocre. And it's funny, if you look at this division and you say, all right, after Verlander and after Garrett Cole, after the big guys in Houston... Who are the better starting pitchers? I mean, where are we going? We're going Tyler Skaggs. Jeez. We're going Matt Harvey. I mean, where are we going? Who are we picking? It used to be James Paxton. They traded him. Who gone, is it?
1: Is it Yankee? It's, is it kakuchi Oh, my goodness. I mean, it, the, might it, it might be. It might be. It might be. By it's all said and done.
0: Think about that. That's the pitching in the American League West. And somebody will be better than we think in that division only because, think about it, they all play each other Somebody's so got to
1: win some games. And if I'm picking out of those four teams, somebody to be better than expected, I'm going to say it's the Anaheim Angels because – I think the Angels have shown you they're willing to spend. If they're somewhat competitive by the middle of July and they're within four or five games of a wild card spot, I would believe they'd go the extra mile to add whoever that piece may be. And they have a player who's without a doubt, the unquestioned, best player in the sport. And I had some dope call me Evan about a week ago, trying to make the case. They're better without him. The record indicates when this small sample size that he's out that they're better without him. Let's just say I said some nasty things to him <laughs> uh, and we left it at that. Uh, but if I had to pick one of those teams to kind of exceed expectations, I'd say Anaheim. You know
0: who I'm going to pick, and this is not me saying they're going to win the division or they're even going to be in a wild card Texas? race. Texas, Texas, no doubt. Why? Because they can score a crapload of runs. They eh? can score a crapload of runs. They have a really so they can hit home runs all over the place. I mean, Joey Gallo's going to strike out five thousand times. He'll hit a ton of home runs. They added our boy as Dribble Cabrera. They've got a lot of pros in that order. You know, Hunter Pence is actually back in the major leagues. Sin Su Chu, no more Mazzara. I mean, the starting pitching, I I can't sell anybody on. Lance Lynn and Edinson Volquez. But I'm just comparing it to the other three teams. And the other thing is, J.J., you talk about over-unders. They're over-unders like 71. So I don't have to get that much out of them for them to be a surprise team. If they win 78 games, I'm right with my prediction.
1: So very low bar. I'll give you a breakout candidate on that team, too. And I've heard his name a lot. He's had some decent Yeah, I think is going to have a big season. It's possible. I mean, the guy was
0: a top prospect and he's had some good years. So wouldn't stun me if he had a,
1: if he had a, a monster
0: season. Like I wanna
1: see him take it to a level where he's over the three hundred mark and he's hitting for more power. I think that's the thing with Mazzari. He's kind of capped out his power at like 25, 28 home runs. I think he can take it to another level. It's always gonna help being in that ballpark. Being in that division where, you know, it feels like a lot of the games are just gonna be shootouts. Now yep. I know Seattle, Pitchers Park, Oakland for the most part, Pitchers Park, but that team as a whole, you think about that division as a whole, it's offense and not a whole lot of starting pitching.
0: No, you're right. I mean, we went through it. We went through who the best starting pitching candidates are after you get past the big guys in Houston. It's funny with Mazzaro, when he first got called up three years ago he got off to one of the greatest starts you'll ever see. I mean, the guy was hitting like 550, 12 games into his major league career, really cooled off, and he's been consistent the last three years. But the problem is, like you said, you're looking for him at this young of an age to really break through, and for the first three years of his major league career, it's been all around the same. So he's still young enough. I mean, he's only 23, 24 years old, so maybe this is the year he breaks through.
1: Yeah, I think that division, I'm going to have to think long and hard about playing one of those over-unders. You might have sold me on the Texas Rangers. going to think about it a little more. Um, Oakland is a prime candidate to be an under. Seattle, I don't know what to make of them. I mean, they just lost so many guys. They still have some talent on that team. Like Haniger is a stud. Right. They won the two games in Japan. I mean, I don't put any stock in those. I mean, uh, just I saw those games on TV last week. It made me sick. I mean, listen, I get it. They're trying to grow the game. But I remember getting up as a little kid watching the Yankees in Japan. I was like in high school. I'm sure you remember the Mets when they were in Japan with the Cubs. I mean, that's torture. That's absolute torture when you're watching those games in March. And it like starts a week before the year kind of gets the entire flow of the season totally thrown off.
0: I agree. And if you're going to play games in Japan, I know they wouldn't do it because it's the middle of the year. I'd actually rather it be like right out of the all-star break or right into the all-star break because opening day is special. It's supposed to feel like a holiday. And you're right. It just it throws you off kilter. I mean, you're playing games in Japan that count, and then you're coming back to America, and you're playing like an exhibition game. The whole thing just feels like a complete mess. Um, I don't believe what I'm about to say as a surprise. I don't believe I'm going out on a limb like I did with Cincinnati. I truly believe talent for talent, and with all the issues the Indians are going through, that the Indians are not going to win the American League Central. Um, I think they sort of know it. I think it's a part of why they flirted with trading all their starting pitchers, including Corey Kluber. They're dealing with an incredible amount of injuries. Jose Ramirez recently went down. We know about Lindor not being ready for for the start of the year. And so I like the Twins. To bounce back after they had a surprisingly good year two years ago and I look at them and I don't think I'm making that crazy of a case I think Barrios has a breakout Cy Young caliber season I guess I'm banking on that but even if I don't get that I got a hell of a lineup I got Eddie Rosario I got C.J. Crone, who they got off waivers they got Marwin Gonzalez for nothing they have a lot of guys to me Nelson Cruz too I shouldn't forget him but they have a lot of guys that I think bounce back. Jonathan Scope is a perfect example of it. This guy had 30 home runs a few years ago. He sucked last year. I get it. I could totally see him looking more like the guy in Baltimore two years ago than the guy last year in Baltimore and Milwaukee. Byron Bucks I still believe in. Sano, so I don't know what to expect with him. He's already hurt. I like the Twins, and I don't think I'm going out on a limb to say they're going to win 87 games, not a huge number, and that's going to be enough to win the AL Central.
1: I hate to agree with you, but I do. I think the Twins are winning the division. I think the Indians are taking a major step back. You think about their lineup and what they've lost. You think about their bullpen and what they've lost. You're relying on all three of those guys, the top dogs. Actually, it's four top dogs because it's Kluber, Carrasco, Clevenger, and Bauer. You have four terrific pitchers, but... The odds are you can miss one of those two guys for an extended period of time and you need offense to carry you throughout the regular season. I love the Twins offseason. You hit on Marlon Gonzalez. I love the Nelson Cruz pickup. I know he's 38 years old. But, Evan, you know this. It doesn't matter where he plays. doesn't matter his age. The guy continues to rake. And I'm just thankful he ended up in Minnesota and not with the Tampa Bay Rays. I didn't want the Yankees playing him 18 times a year. And isn't it crazy, Evan, from a Minnesota standpoint, with their rotation, they're going to be relying on an old pal of the New York Yankees. That's Maybe to right. give him some innings and one Michael Pineda. And look, twins rotation is no great shakes. I like Jose Barrios. I think Kyle Gibson is solid. Um, Pineda. I mean, you're going to J. Not great. But I think the twins, who are an every other year type team, they have been for like the last four years or so, have a good year. Indians take a step back. I have them in the high 80s as well, but I said they win 89 games, go over 83 and a half, and they win the Central. Yeah,
0: because the Indians have so many flaws. I mean, a part of why I think we're both picking Minnesota, if we put them in maybe every other division in baseball— I don't know if I'm picking them to win it. I don't know if I'm I'm certainly not making them win the AL West or the AL East. Probably not the NL West or the NL Central. It's the fact that there's one other team you've got to worry about, and that's Cleveland. And while their rotation on paper is still loaded, Corey Kluber eventually, maybe it's not this year, but eventually age is going to catch up to Corey Kluber, and their lineup's got a ton of questions. First of all, their outfield sucks to begin with. They've got major injuries in their infield right now with Jose Ramirez and Francisco Lindor. I do like Bowers. I thought that was a good pickup. I could see him having a breakout year, and I think Carlos Santana will bounce back.
1: He likes it there, too. Back. That was a smart move. Listen, I'd rather have Encarnacion. I get what they're doing, though. Yep. And Santana was just very comfortable there. You think back to when they went to the World Series, even the following year, always seemed to be in the middle of everything for Cleveland, so he will hit. I, I agree, agree with, with that. you,
0: and their bullpen, which was their strength for so long, features one arm right now in bright hand. I mean, the rest of it, I think, is a major, major question. So part of the Indian identity certainly was their starting pitching, but it was also that bullpen. I don't think they have that. I don't think they have a great lineup. So the starting pitching, yes, they have a huge edge over the Twins. I don't think we could argue that. But the rest of the roster, I give the edge to Minnesota, and someone has to win that division, and the other three teams forget about it. I mean, the White Sox are on the right page. They'll probably finish in third. But Detroit and Kansas City are are going to be freaking awful. And so for that reason, maybe 87 is too low of a number for Minnesota and Cleveland because they do get to play those horrible teams 38 times. But this is a really bad division. Let's just face it.
1: No, and that's why I still think Cleveland can make the playoffs because they can beat up on the Tigers, who are still rebuilding, the Royals, who are god-awful, and I think the White Sox, out of those three, have the chance to be the most competitive because of so much young talent that's coming through the pipeline. But I can't look at the White Sox, Evan, and tell you what a straight face. They're going over five i I'm going to take both Minnesota and Cleveland to make the playoffs. Why? Because the American League Central is not any good.
0: All uh, right, let's get to it now, all right? Yes. We've waited so long. Let's go to the East. We'll start off in the American League East, the Yankees, the Orioles, the Rays, the Blue Jays, the Red Sox. I've forgotten anybody. The American League East. And, J.J., I'm going to give it to you first. The floor is yours. What's going to happen in the AL East?
1: Listen, I know everybody's going to say JJ has the Yankee homer cap on. JJ's going to spit in the face of the Red Sox like he did last year. Because guess what, Evan? I did. I picked the Yankees to win the division. I was wrong. I thought the Yankees going up to Fenway for that big four game series. We're going to get right back to where they needed to be. They got swept. Then the Yankees put well down the stretch in Fenway Park, and I felt pretty confident that they were going to beat the Red Sox in the division series. I get it. I was 0 for 3. But the Red Sox had one of those magical, feel-good storylines. Everything went right, whether it's Chris Sale dominating the regular season, David Price pitching well in the postseason, Pears, Ovaldi. Uh, You name me the storyline for the Red Sox, it Worked to perfection for Alex Cora. They're still going to be really good. They're going to win a boatload of games. But I think that dangling carrot of motivation for the Yankees getting basically smacked in the face by the Red Sox over and over again, combined with having the better off season. And I know right now the Yankees are dealing with the injury bug, but nothing significant to this point. Hicks going to be back soon. Sabathia will be back in two weeks. They're saying Severino probably by early May. You hope and pray that's the case. That's the only one that really scares you. But I just think the Yankees have too many answers across the board with all of the talent Toss the moves they could make at the deadline that might push them over the top. I think it's tight. I think we'll come down to the wire. The Yankees will do something they have not done since 2012. They win a division title.
0: And by the way, let let that sink in. The New York Yankees have not won the American League East since 2012.
1: That's sickening. And a couple of playoff appearances mixed in. 15, sure. 17, 18. But that is crazy from a Yankee standpoint. I mean... It's the longest I've gone in my lifetime. We're not seeing a division title. No, I, but I doubt.
0: Of course. They used to win the division every single year, even in the disappointing result seasons like 2002, they were American League East. 100 division games champions. that
1: year, for goodness I sense. know. I know we forget about and that. And yet it's quote-unquote, and rightfully so. disappointing year, why? Because of what happened in the 90s. Sure. No question about it. Um,
0: last year, I thought the Yankees and the Red Sox were going to have this incredibly tight race. I thought it was going to be so tight, we were going to get a one-game playoff. I really thought they were that evenly matched, and I was wrong. I mean, the Red Sox won 108 games. The Yankees won 100 games, but the Red Sox won the division, and there really wasn't any drama in the month of September. I I don't mean to be a Red Sox hater. I'm not a Red Sox hater. I'm not a Yankee hater. I'm a baseball fan. I I genuinely don't have hatred in my heart for the New York Yankees. I have hatred in my heart for the New York Knicks. I I do for the New England Patriots, for your Miami Dolphins. I don't have it for the Yankees. I don't even have it for the Red Sox. I just think the Yankees are better. I really do. I just flat out think that in this day and age, bullpens matter. And I get that also in this day and age, from year to year, you don't know what you're getting from a bullpen. No doubt. We talked about it with Milwaukee. We've talked about it with a lot of teams. I know what I'm getting out of the Yankee bullpen. I feel certain, even with an injury to Dylan Batances, even if a Roldish Chapman spends a month on the DL, I feel like I know what I'm getting out of the Yankee bullpen. I know that Zach Britton is a top-line closer if he wanted to be a closer. I know that Chad Green has done it now two years in a row. It's no longer a one-year thing. Two years in a row. I don't know about Adam Adovino. I don't know. I'll I, I give you that. He's been up and down. But they have... So many arms. Because if Vino has a bad year, then would it stun you if Tommy Kainley has a great year? If Tommy Kainley is the guy he was two years ago, and I look at the Red Sox bullpen, I mean, I'm so- Matt Barnes and Ryan Brazier and Heath Hembree. Not good enough. It's not good enough. No. And like their lineup will score a lot of runs, but they won't score in my book as many runs as they scored last year. And the starting pitching looks like this. Chris Sale is awesome. He is. When he pitches, when he's not being shut down and babied for the second half of the year. David Price had his moment. David Price has had a great career. I expect David Price to have a terrible season this year. I don't know why. I don't know if it's like he sold his soul to the devil for his postseason dominance. I fully expect David Price to be awful. I think signing Nadia Valdi to that contract was foolish. I think they're winning 88 games. Uh, I really, I I think that they are going to drop from 108 to 88. And because of that, the Yankees will win 95 games and it will be enough to win the American League Eastern division.
1: I'm not going to have the Red Sox as low as 88. I'm going to say they win the low to mid nineties, just because you have still two teams in this division. I think you can beat up on. I know Toronto's got young talent coming. They're not ready to compete quite yet. And the Baltimore Orioles, my goodness, they were bad last year. Evan, they might be worse.
0: That's the problem I had putting the numbers so low (laughs) because of the fact that they do play the Orioles and Blue Jays a lot. And remember,
1: they smoked. They smoked the Baltimore they Orioles did. last year. That basically determined who won the division. It did. The Yankees couldn't beat up on the Orioles. The Red Sox, I think, went like 15-3 against the Orioles. That's that.
0: I think they went 16-3 against the Orioles and 15-4 and against the Blue Jays. And that's there you a, go. That's a part of why I don't think it's going to happen again, because this is freaking baseball. As bad as the Orioles are, the Blue Jays aren't nearly as bad, but they're probably a 90-loss team. It doesn't always work that way. You know what I mean? It doesn't always work where, well, they're going to lose 110 games, so they'll beat them 17 out of 19 times. It's freaking baseball. I, I, I'll tell you this, though, J.J. I wanted to say the Rays were going to win the division. Like, that That was wow, my Wow,
1: that would have been the hot take of all hot takes. You might be the only person <clears throat> in America, quite frankly, Evan, who would have Tampa winning this division. Except I don't. Ah, you can't <laughs> do it. I, well, I, because say.
0: They, they, I don't buy. Here's my problem with Tampa Bay. I don't buy that they're going to be able to survive a year in which they're going to use two bullpen days and have a three man rotation. I don't buy that Blake Snell is going to have the same dominant year. I don't believe they're going to be as successful with their bullpenning as they were a year ago. And that's why forget winning the division. I think they're only going to win 82, 83 games. I don't think they're going to be close to what they accomplished last year.
1: I agree with that. I think Tampa and the formula you saw last year, and I'm very curious to see how that will work out again as far as the openers and the bullpen, bullpenning, whatever you want to call it. And listen, their games last year, it worked out pretty well for them. It almost turned their season around. Remember, I thought Tampa last year, because you were going to have this mass exodus of talent, I thought it had a chance to be really lousy in the American League East. Yep. Didn't happen. Cash did a masterful job. Rays did a masterful job. Um I think the Rays to your point are right around that low to mid eighties number. I'm not gonna pick them to make the postseason. I'm going to have the Rays over the 500 mark, but they're not on the level of the Yankees, not on the level of the Red Sox. Can't do it.
0: I have a feeling we're going to have the exact same uh, five teams in the American League. We both have the Yankees, Twins, and Astros winning their divisions. Correct. And I've got the Red Sox and the Indians in that
1: wild card game, one game playoff. As do I. And this will surprise people. I'm going to pick the Indians to beat the Red Sox in the one game playoff.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go with the Red Sox, but, I mean, we're literally making a prediction off one game, so who the hell knows? Who the hell
1: knows? And let's see if they get there first. You know? And
0: I'm going to put you guys, the New York Yankees, <clears throat> not in the World Series. No, no, no. Calm down. I'm going to give you a rematch with the Houston Astros in the ALCS. I think it'll be great. I think it'll be exciting. And I think that the Astros will beat you again. I think it'll be another classic seven-game series. I think it'll have a lot of similarities to 2017. But I'm buying the Astros bouncing back from losing in the ALCS a year ago to Boston and getting to their second World Series in three years.
1: I'm going to go the other way on this. I agree with you. I think it will be the Yankees and the Astros (laughs) for the second time in three years playing in the ALCS. The reason why I think the Yankees are better positioned than they were two years ago, I think that playoff experience of the last two years is absolutely going to help this younger Yankee crew. Everybody on this Yankee team, with the exception of James Paxton, now basically has postseason experience. And I think the Astros, even though they're very, very good, don't get me wrong, they have studs in the prime years of their careers. But I think the core of that team is weakened a little bit. Their rotation is not as deep as it was. Think about what a factor Morton and McCullers were in shutting down the Yankees in Game 7. Evan, they don't have those guys. I know they have a better closer situation with Osuna pitching in the back end. They're marginally better in the bullpen, even though there are a lot of guys out there that I simply don't trust. But I'm going to say that weakened state of the pitching staff and the fact that the Yankees have taken their quote-unquote playoff elapsed the last two years. I'll say that's the difference. I'm picking the Yankees over the Astros. They
0: got young guys coming. Josh James, potentially Whitley, but wow. So you are not homering, but you are picking the Yankees to win the American. I mean,
1: listen, I, some will call it homering. I'm going with the Vegas favorite right now. So I mean, Vegas is installing them as the favorites to win the world series and win the American league. So listen, I think it's very close. Like I said, the Indians are the sort of team too. They get in the playoffs, they're dangerous. Why? Because of that pitching. Yep. You would have all those guys. We say oh, it about yeah. the Mets all the time, except the Indian rotation is deeper than the Met rotation. So they have more guys they could throw at you. Once you get in the playoffs in baseball, you know this anything can happen. But yeah, I'm gonna say the Yankees after the last two years, get over the hump. I'm gonna say they're on the World Series.
0: I, I think Aaron Judge is gonna win the MVP this year though. I do. And I don't think he's gonna get screwed in a close vote with Jose Altuve. Because I was thinking about like I was thinking about that. Who wins the MVP? Judge, this is the perfect year. He missed time last year with the injury. We saw how different they are without him. And I think in a weird way, their failures last year without him is going to help him get votes this year if he has a monster year. Obviously, stats matter. He has to have a big offensive year. I think he will. I think Aaron Judge wins the MVP. I think Garrett Cole is
1: actually going to win the Cy Young. Garrett Cole, I could see that. Um, If I got to throw an MVP and a Cy Young out there, all right, let's do it. I'm actually going to go on a little bit of a limb and I've been destroying this guy basically all, all season long. Uh-huh. How about Giancarlo Stanton to go all a on us and win the MVP no this shot. year? Second, why not? <laughs> Second year in New York. I'll tell you why. Why not? Because New- judges there. Listen, yes, I know judge. Exactly. I get it, Evan. Listen, everybody's <laughs> going to give judges the MVP and I wouldn't be the least bit surprised he's the MVP. But I think Stanton is capable of just taking his game in a regular season at least to another level. And I'm going to just throw out there, for argument's sakes, so I'm not going to bet it. Um, I personally would rather see Judge win the award because I like him more. He's the homegrown guy, truth be told. But I'll just throw a roll of the dice out there. I'll say John Carlistan for the uh, you-know-what of it is going to be the AL MVP. Right, I like it. Cy Young, it. oh, jeez. Where am I going here, Cy Young? You, Tanaka. No, no, I'm not giving you a Yankee. <laughs> I'm not giving you a Yankee. Um, I'm going to really take a roll of the dice. How about this? Go ahead. Mike Clevenger for the Cleveland Wow. Indians. I, I like mean, that's that. a roll of the dice, is it not?
0: No, I like that. And, and I see, I was thinking the other guy I was thinking along with Cole was Jose Barrios, like a young guy who we already know is
1: good. Taking his game Take, to another level. Yes. I it, like that.
0: And I, it's funny, I'll skip ahead and tell you that the guy I want to pick for the NL Cy Young is Walker Bueller. And the only reason why I'm chickening out is that they're going to manage his innings. And that's a big deal when we're talking about the vote, when we're talking about, you know, a really close election. Walker Bueller throwing, you know, 30 less innings than Max Scherzer or throwing 30 less innings than Jacob DeGrom is a huge factor. So that's the only problem with the young pitching. You're, you're afraid, especially in the Dodger case, that they're going to restrict them a little bit. So we'll see. We'll see what happens there. But let's get to the NL East. I'm going to – J.J., the floor is yours again. Are you, are you picking the Mets to win the NL East? Are you?
1: No, I'm not. Sorry to disappoint. point. Nah, sorry at this point. You know who I'm picking. The team that was very good to me last year. They covered their over, even though they had me sweating until the final couple weeks of the year. Oh, I know. And listen, I'm a sucker for some Bryce Harper. I'm a sucker for some Gene Segura. I love the Robertson pickup. I love the fact that they will go the extra mile, and I'm not necessarily convinced your franchise come the middle of summer will go the extra mile. So, yeah, I'm going to be that sucker that goes with Joe Public. I don't like doing that. But I think the Phillies are going to be damn good this year. So, yeah, I'm picking the Phillies to win the East.
0: The, I am. The Phillies are going to be good. And I remember when we did shows together, you know, I think you said, I'm trying, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think you said, hey, if they sign Bryce Harper, they're clearly the favorites. They're the favorites.
1: Yeah, they're the favorites. They're the favorites I, in my
0: eyes. I, I guess it's semantics on what a favorite is. I, I think it's close. I still think it is. I think you can sit here making an argument for any of these four teams. and I'm going to make an argument for a different team. Not the Phillies. It's not the Mets, though. Let me guess. Let me guess.
1: Go ahead. The Washington Nationals. I am. I am. I can't fool you on that. Hey, listen, Evan, if you look at the totals right now, before the Phillies Stein Harper, the Nationals still had the hottest total. Phillies total for what it's worth, 89 and a half. Right. The Nationals total is at 88 and a half. Yeah. And it's getting jacked up because they got a high vague. So Evan, I don't I don't think you're going on some like crazy no. limb picking them. Why? Unbelievable starting rotation and young emerging studs like Soto and Turner who are coming into their own as players.
0: Bingo. And Victor Robles, we've heard about for so long. And they've got that mix. They've got Brian Dozier, who I think has a huge year. I expect a big bounce back year from Brian Dozier. Wasn't that long ago a guy was hitting 40 home runs. I expect, assuming he can stay healthy for a change, a really solid year out of Adam Eaton. Anthony Rendon could be an emerging MVP candidate. That wouldn't surprise me. And I like the combo behind the plate of Jan Gomes and Kurt Suzuki. And, of course, I buried the lead, which you eloquently put out there, which is the starting pitching. You know, until proven otherwise, Max Scherzer is the best pitcher in baseball. Totally agree. I love Jake. I want to say Jake is Jake's not there yet. I hope Jake eventually is that guy Got to
1: do it for five. Years. He's Correct. been very, very good. He's been elite for about three or four years. Scherzer has yep. been doing this going back to his Tigers days. And I'll never forget Evan 2011 when the Yankees lost to the Tigers in the playoffs and Scherzer was lights out. I was so annoyed because I was like, this guy has been a tease his entire career and he's making the Yankees look stupid. And you know what, Evan, that was like the start Of the brilliance for Scherzer, because I remember he, I want to say what, in 2013, had this great year for the Tigers and had this big contract offer staring him right in the face and said, no, I'm not going to take it. I'm going to bet on myself. He bet on himself. He made even more money, signed with the Nationals. So basically for what? seven or so, eight or so years, Scherzer's been pitching at this crazy high level.
0: Yes, and I like their bullpen. I think Barraclaw's this raw talent with a lot less pressure on him. Rosenthal coming off the injury and in Doolittle closing. So I like their bullpen. I like their rotation. I think their lineup is underrated. And, you know, it's not that there's a, a, an obvious knock on the Phillies, but my knock, if you even want to call it a knock on the Phillies, is that there are parts of their bullpen – That scare me, okay? First of all, David Robertson is getting up there in age. Sir Anthony Dominguez was dominant and then became very human the final few months of the year. And after Aaron Nola, there's a lot of questions in that rotation. Jake Arrieta had a bad second half. Nick Pavetta and Zach Eflin and Vince Velasquez are guys that could be really good. They haven't really proven it. So their lineup is excellent. I can't question it. You know, putting Bryce Harper in the middle of it, adding JT Realmuto, Gene Segura.
1: Segura's a stud. I'm telling oh, you, I'm completely. a big fan of his. And what I like about them, Evan, they have a lot of balance within that they lineup. Do. They have guys who get on base. Yep. They have guys who get for a ton of power. And even if you're looking for that element of speed, and I know it's hard to come by in this day and age, they got a little speed dynamic, too. I just think one through eight, I mean, aside from the pitcher spot, that lineup is crazy, is. crazy good. It
0: is. I think they have the best lineup in the division. It's not going to be enough. And the Braves... I think the Braves take a big step back, and I agree there. That's not going out on a limb. I think people expect it. Um, they're pitching. The top of their rotation already has a question with the health of Mike Faltenevich, Sean Newcomb. I never thought was that good so far. He's still only you know in his mid twenties. Julio Tehran dominates the Mets. He doesn't dominate anybody else. And Toussaint, who I saw a little bit of in spring training, has great potential. But again, major question. Uh, they already have an injured AJ Minter in their bullpen. I like that they added Josh Donaldson. I don't know if they should have paid him $25 million a year, but, hey, they were aggressive in adding him. So I have the Braves coming back to earth by actually finishing under five hundred and finishing behind the Mets. But let me make it clear with the Mets. For years, the Mets either boom or they bust. There is no middle ground. Think about this. In the last decade, since 2009, the Citi Field era, They have finished above 500 twice.
1: Yeah, 15 and 16.
0: Yeah, two years they made the playoffs. There hasn't been that ah, 84 win year, 83 win year. No, no, no. It's either really good really, really bad.
1: So here's the question. Do you expect that trend to continue? Can the Mets, and I picked them last year to go, I believe 80-82, and Evan. I thought they'd go under Yep. They were way worse than expected, even though they played well down a stretch, which bothers you, because when you see a team perform in late August and September, when you have expectations, the team falls flat on their face, and they start winning games that mean nothing, it annoys you, because I've seen it from a Dolphins perspective, where it makes me absolutely sick. Um, I think, though, this year, based upon the moves the Mets have made, I actually think this is a year that, dare I say, could buck the trend. Is that crazy? Buck the
0: trend in what way? They win
1: 84 that, games? Yes, that they are right in the thick of things, yeah. that they are right there for a postseason spot. But I don't necessarily have enough of a conviction to say they're going to end up being one of the five best teams in the end when it's all said and done. I won't yeah, do that. They're just they're just not as good as the Philadelphia Phillies And the
0: Washington Nationals. Now, that may be okay if you can beat out the Cubs, the Reds, the Cardinals, you know, a bunch of those teams to get a wild card spot. I I really feel they look like an 81-win team. They look like an 80-win team. Your prediction from a year ago, 80-82, that's the way it feels. They're already dealing with injuries. I like their lineup. I do. I think their lineup is better. I agree. I think their bullpen has to be better. Obviously, I love Jake. I think Noah could have a Cy Young-caliber year. Who knows about Matts? And who knows about Wheeler? I'm not fully buying that what I saw last year is legit from Wheeler. I just, despite all of that, I just don't think they're as good as the other teams in this division.
1: But here's the problem you have. With relying basically so heavily on this rotation. Syndergaard, who has an opinion on everything. Listen, I understand his opinion on DeGrom getting paid. Nobody's going to fight you on that. And I can understand why they ticked off about having to go to Syracuse, which is, yeah, a total pain in the ass when you think about their travel for this week. But, like, there are certain guys where I want to hear that from. You know, guys who have been around the block, guys who are performing. This is going to sound a little crazy, Evan. If DeGrom came out with those comments, you know what I'd say? Good for Jacob DeGrom. With Syndergaard it's like dude you have not pitched the last two years you have had all these things go wrong why don't you just get on the mound dominate every fifth day go about your business and just be quiet I mean honestly do I need to hear Syndergaard every other day it's I feel like Syndergaard is one of these guys who is your typical millennial athlete always trying to be you know the center of attention he's joking around he's doing this and he's a stud Evan when he's right there's no getting around that he's got crazy good stuff and I like his personality but I think, you know what, for Syndergaard, it should be about going about your business because for a lot of unfortunate circumstances, you haven't been performing the last two years because you haven't been on the mound, you haven't pitched every fifth day, and it kills this Met team when you're not there.
0: 32 starts the last two years. That's a problem. He needs to make 32 starts this season. That's the key. I like him standing up and stepping up for Jacob DeGrom and showing that he's pissed and what kind of message that could send to the locker room if they don't extend him. And I think it sends a terrible message. And it sends mixed messages when in one breath you say, we're not extending Jacob DeGrom, we're not extending anybody, and we don't really care about service time with Pete Alonso. The Mets Mets have had an offseason and spring training that leads me to think that the next two years matter, and after that, they don't really care. that That's literally the impression I get between taking on Cano's contract, between trading the prospects that they did in the Cano deal, between not showing an urgency to extending to Grom, and between the possibility of just saying, ah, screw the extra year of service time, which I like because Alonso deserves to be on the Major League roster. It does reek of a franchise that views the next two or three years, and that's it. And like after that, ah, whatever, we'll worry about it then. I think they've had a good offseason. That's why it's difficult, J.J., for me to say they've had a good offseason, their bullpen's better, their lineup's better, I think Syndergaard finally puts it together and stays healthy this year. And, oh, by the way, they're winning 81 games. But sometimes that happens, and I feel like that that's the kind of season we're going to have where, Yeah, they're better than last year, and they should be significantly better, but because the division continues to be stronger, I don't know, I just, I feel like 81 wins. I I sit here today as we make these predictions, and I want to be positive because opening day is a moment to be positive. And I'll dream. I'll dream of many things. I'll dream of the Nets shocking the world and winning an NBA title and then signing Kevin Durant. I'll dream about Sam Darnold throwing five touchdown passes in the freaking Super Bowl. And I'll dream about the Mets winning the World Series. But all of those things I just mentioned are not happening. None of those things are happening. And they're going to win 81 games. And that's it. So You put them be... in
1: 81, I'm putting them at 83.
0: All right, so we're in the same boat. Nats... Phillies, I got the Phillies winning 88 games, so right around the over-under. Mets at 81, Braves at 79, Marlins at 60.
1: Okay, I'm going to go Phillies 92. I'm going to say the Nationals win 89. I'm going to put the Braves and the Mets right around the same record. How about that? I'll say the Mets finish with 83. I'm going to say the Braves finish with 84, so I'll go I know it sounds crazy because you're picking four teams in a division to have a winning record, but I think this division actually has a chance to have a couple of teams with plus 500 records. So I'll say Phillies, Nats, Braves, Mets, all over the 500 mark, and the Miami Marlins well under 500.
0: Yeah, Marlins will lose more games this year than they did last year. That's my belief on the Marlins. Uh, I got the Cubs and the Cardinals getting those two wild card spots. So I you got, still
1: pick the Cardinals to go to the playoffs, on. Huh?
0: Well, because look, you said this earlier. Despite all the flaws I have with St. Louis, and I have with Chicago, and I have with like every, I have with everybody. I mean, think about it. I rip the Phillies. I have issues with the Rockies. I have issues with everybody. Someone's got to make the playoffs. There go. <laughs> I got to pick somebody. And I, I here's what I see. This is the vision I have. The Philadelphia Phillies missed the playoffs. They have a good year. They win 87 games. They missed the playoffs. And I'm going to one-up it. The Nationals are not only going to win the NL East, JJ. <laughs> they're going to finally get over the hump, win the division series, win the NLCS, and the Washington freaking Nationals without Bryce Harper win the National League pennant.
1: Wouldn't that be something? I'm going to say Phillies, Nationals, wild card. Cubs, I'm going to say the Dodgers and the Rockies end up in the postseason, and I am going to give you a good old-fashioned rematch of what we had in 2009, a Mets fan's worst nightmare, Yankees, Phillies, part two. We'll see you in the World Series. Wow. All right. We
0: both have NL East teams going to the World Series. You have the Phillies. I have the Nationals. I've got the Astros, you've got the Yankees. So we've got completely different World Series matchups, which is nice.
1: Yeah, it is. And I have to be honest with you, it's very difficult for me to pick an NL team to go to a World Series. I like your logic with the Nationals. They're just one of those teams, though, until I see them win a first-round series, I can't pick them to do it. I like, need to actually witness it first before I'm going to actually have the chutzpah and the guts to pick it. Um, I thought long and hard about the Dodgers, but aside from Buehr and the just consistently- you know, beat up, up and down nature now of what Clayton Kershaw is at this stage in the game. I don't know what kind of shape he's going to be in at the end of the year. And he's not a great postseason performer to begin with. And I'm going to say the Phillies had a big arm too. That is one of the reasons why I'm thinking about Philly to go to the World Series. Love the lineup. And I know come July, that stupid money aspect of adding a starter, adding a reliever. I think they got it done.
0: I give you the arm too. They could add. Madison Bumgarner. Imagine wow, that.
1: Isn't it amazing? The Yankees and the Phillies could be competing for the same services of the same pitcher. And let's hope from a Yankee perspective, it doesn't go the exact same way it went with Cliff Lee. Let's just hope. Oh, it. my God. I can Yeah, boy, a yankee philly World Series. Oh, I love it.
0: That I was love, so good. to about.
1: 2009, good memories. The uh, Ted Ginn Dolphin Jet game at one o'clock. <laughs> then shooting down I 95. I went to both of those games, you know. Oh, really? And I drove back to Syracuse wow. the next day. Wow, that is had some time consuming stuff, right yeah, there. Yeah, missed class on Monday, but as you know, well worth it. Yeah,
0: I'm gonna. By the way, uh, just to put a evenness on it, Nolan Arenado wins the National League MVP award. And the Cy Young, I wanted to pick Walker Bueller, but like I mentioned, I, I'm scared of it because of the innings restrictions. So I'll give it to, you know, Max Scherzer. He'll win another one. Why not? He's a Hall of Famer. Give him another one.
1: I'm actually going to pick Bueller to win the Cy Young because I'm just so high on the kid. And I know the innings limit could end up you know, shoving it right back in my face. I just think the kid has crazy talent. I think it's going to be a year where he takes it to a next level. And I'm going to say he has 190, let's say, dominant, dominant innings where you cannot give it to him. And I agree with you on Arenado. I have Arenado winning the MVP. In fact, that may be a wager I place when we finish up this podcast. You get good number on that, right? I mean, what Yeah, were, that's they the put problem. That now? The only problem with those, Evan, I say it all the time. The homers, the MVP odds, they're such sucker bats. But I ran into somebody last year at a Yankee game. Right around playoff time, they said I bet Yelich to win the MVP at like fifty to one. Wow. I said, "Man, God bless you. Not
0: bad, seriously." All right, so JJ's got Yankees, Phillies. I'm going with Astros, Nationals. Who's winning the World Series? The Yankees, right?
1: Yeah, I'm picking the Yankees. The World yeah, Series. I'm going with
0: the Astros. I, I can't go all the way with the Nats. The Nats will at least get to a World Series, and you know how fitting that would be. Bryce is gone, and the Nats are in the freaking World Series. It would actually be kind of hysterical. I get a kick.
1: I actually would get a kick out of that, though. I would. I'd find it funny.
0: Well, JJ, I appreciate it. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Went through all these in-depth predictions, and we will potentially do a podcast in October to make fun of how right or wrong we actually were.
1: Please do. Save these. I'm going to tweet them out at some point, but we'll have a lot more fun if we um, you know, save these, go back, and uh, poke fun at ourselves. And by the way, I'll have some season totals, and I hope you do the same with some season totals yes. from Vegas. Indeed. Indeed.
0: JJ, thank you very much, my friend. All right, Evan. All the best. Great John Jastrzemski. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Evan Roberts Podcast.